Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you from the office tonight. Man, I've got a strong word that I want to share with you. I have uh, kind of chewed on this now for over a day, um, and, I, and I've, I've really struggled with where to put this and how to put this. Uh, God put some scripture on my heart today that I'm going to share with you on top of this word that he gave me yesterday. And I say word that he gave me, I believe he poured something into me yesterday that needs to be shared. Um, I didn't share it when it was poured in yesterday, just wasn't sure where I needed to, what to do with it. I do now. So with that, I want to share a simple message with you tonight. Um, it's strong. Uh, I, I want you to, to really sit back and listen closely to what the Lord is saying to us right now. But I titled this, the very thing that he titled it to me yesterday, I am with you. Okay? I am with you. We're going to go to James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I would encourage you to, to look this passage of Scripture up, study it, chew on it, let God move in you as as it, as he brings light to this Scripture for you uh, and how you need to absorb it into your own life. But James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, Amplified. So in verse 1, it says, What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your own desires that wage war in your bodily members fighting for control over you? Man, that alone right there, that, that just that very first scripture, uh, verse 1, uh, asks some very deep questions. What causes these unending conflicts among us as people? Do, do they not come from our, our own desires, these desires that wage war in our bodily members, our, our bodily parts, fighting for control over us? Verse 2 goes on to say, You are jealous and covet what others have, and your lust goes unfulfilled, so you murder. You are envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy, so you fight and you battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. Now, I've heard that scripture right there preached quite frequently. You have not because you ask not. Well, the problem is, we go to verse 3 and it actually completes this passage a little bit. You ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives. You ask out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your own desires. You have not because you ask not, but you're not receiving what you're asking for because you're asking for the wrong reasons. You're asking in a selfishness manner and uh, in, in an unrighteous agenda. And oftentimes I think we do this without fully understanding what it is we're doing. But, but God's breaking it down. And like I said, I want you to chew on this word. It goes on in verse 4 to say, You adulteresses, disloyal sinners, flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend, that is loving the things of the world, is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Again, simple simple passage of Scripture in verse 4, very powerful. We can't be friends with the world. We, we, we can't allow the worldly concepts to control us and, and break our vow of our, of our own godly vow that we created. Uh, that's, that's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. Whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Verse 5, Or do you think the Scripture says to no purpose that the human spirit which he has made to dwell in lusts with envy? Do you, do you think that Scripture is, is useless? Verse 6 goes, But he gives us more and more grace. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, remember that word, because of this, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. Now, again, we're getting beat on here for a few verses. Then he comes in with this, but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin. We have the very power living in us, that, that Holy Spirit's power that we talk about on Wednesdays all the time, that gives us the power to live without sin, to defy sin, to fight against the, the enemy's uh, uh, temptations of sin, and to live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for what God has done for us in salvation. Now, let's, verse 7 I want you to really pay close attention to this. So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm and against him, and he will flee from you. Verse 8 goes on to say, Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Verse 9, Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned into mourning and your reckless joy into gloom. And then verse 10, ending this passage with, Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up, and he will give you purpose. Wow, what a powerful scripture. Humble ourselves before the Lord with an attitude of repentance, an attitude of, of insignificance, not, not selfishness, but insignificance. And when we do so in the presence of the Lord, he will lift us up and he will give us purpose. As our worship came to an end yesterday, Sunday morning, uh, and we were singing the song, I Speak Jesus, which is such a powerful song, Charity Gale, I Speak Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell very strongly and God poured a word into me that I want to share with you today. Again, I wasn't sure when he poured it into me yesterday. Um, I question things a lot. I, I, I'm very careful with, with what comes through me, and I, and I had to chew on this just a little bit. I did share it with the pastor yesterday after service, um, so he's aware of this word that came, but I'm going to share it now, and, it, and, and this is what came from the Lord. This was actually a word poured into me during the end of this worship time. Uh, I was literally lost in the Holy Spirit. I was praying in, in, in tongues. I was just letting God pour through me, and, and I, I grabbed my phone and my notepad, and I began to pin this out. And this is what it says. I am here in your midst right now. All you have to do is reach out to me. All you have to do is take hold of even the hem of my garment. My spirit will fill you. My presence will set you free. Do you have an addiction? A thorn in your side? Do you struggle with depression? Do you struggle with anger? Do you struggle with fear? Are you struggling financially? Take hold of me. Grab a hold of my presence. I will set you free if you truly want to be free. But you must make a move toward me. I will meet you, but you must move first. Submit yourself, therefore, to me. Then you can resist the enemy and he will flee. That word is so strong, in my opinion. It was very strong to me. I believe it's very strong to our church today, and I'm talking about the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, I think we need to come to an understanding that God is in our midst right now. 
but we have to reach out to him. Well, we can't sit there like a bump on, on a pickle and expect him to do something for us if we don't first move, if we don't make a move towards him. He simply said yesterday, you must make a move toward me. I will meet you, but you must move first. That the, the, the scripture that stands out the most to me in this passage that we just read is verse 7. So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Now, some versions phrase it to sound maybe a little bit like this. So submit yourself, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves because it's what you should do. That's what that word, therefore, means. Because of this, once we submit, then we can resist. There's no power without submission. We have no power to resist without the submission to God. We have no. We can't just resist the devil and he'll flee from us. If we're not plugged into the power source, we don't have anything to, to, to use as a weapon. I love verse 8, which simply says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. If you will, I will. This word that he gave us yesterday, and I believe God is speaking quite plainly to all who will hear. I'm here in your midst. Seek me. Touch me. Come after me. You make the first move, and I'll be running to meet you. Uh, one of my favorite biblical stories is the prodigal son. And if you'll go, go find that story, look it up. I didn't, I didn't put the verses in here. But if you look up the story of the prodigal son, and you see where the son has squandered his life away, he's found himself lost in the world, and, and he's, he's squandered his entire inheritance. And, and he feels like, man, if, if all I, my, my, my dad's servants live better than this. I'll just go back and, and beg to be one of his servants and just serve him the rest of my life, and I'll be in better shape than I am right now. So as he came towards home, when he turned through that gate, and I envisioned this long driveway, this this long driveway, you know, old country houses, you know, way back off the road. And and, and the, the scripture says, when his father saw him from a distance, he began to, to give orders. He told his staff to prepare the fatted calf that his son, who was dead, was now alive. And he began running down the lane towards his son. Now I, get, now, I want you to really picture this image. This is exactly what this word is saying. I'm here. I'm here in your midst right now. It's what God's speaking to us. But you've got to make the first move. You've got to turn toward me. When you turn toward me, I'm coming. And I'm coming on a run. And, and that depiction of the prodigal son, he runs and, and doesn't. Now, his son just came from a pigsty. He was slopping pigs for a living. He was eating what the pigs were eating. You can't imagine what this boy smelled like when his daddy got to him. But he grabbed him in his arms. He wrapped him in a big old hug. And he kissed him. And he, and he put his own cloak around him, a royalty. He took the ring off his finger, which signified family, belonging, and, 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 and inheritance. And he put that on his son's finger. And then they went back towards that house together. Now, I want you to envision that. All he's asking of you today is to turn towards him. I'm in your midst. All you have to do is reach out to me. Just get a hold of even the hem of my garment. My spirit will fill you. My presence will set you free. Do, do you have an addiction you're fighting with? Do, do you have some issue that's nagging at you? Do you struggle with depression? Do, do you struggle with anger? Do you struggle with fear? Are, are you struggling financially? Take hold of me. Grab hold of my presence. I will set you free if you truly want to be free. But you must make a move toward me. I will meet you, but you must move first. Submit yourself, therefore, to me. Then you can resist the enemy, and he will flee. What a powerful word to begin 2023 with. Do you realize that? We're in a new year. 
Everyone's making these crazy resolutions. How about we how about we make a resolution that we run towards the Lord, that we run towards God. He's in our midst. He's here right now. And he's calling out to us today. Just reach out towards me. I'm here. Reach out to me. Get a hold of the hem of my garment, and I will feel power leaving me. The story of Jesus and the woman who grabbed the hem of his garment. He felt power leave him when she touched him because she was hungry for him. She was thirsty for him. Our our Pastor Larry yesterday preached very much about just that, being hungry for a move of God. We want to see an outpouring of God's Spirit upon us. We have to move first. It starts with me. It starts with you. It starts in our heart. When, When we allow God access, when we come hungry and crying out, desperate for God, He'll answer that cry, and then he'll pour through us into the next person, and into the next person, into the next person. And then the next thing you know, we've got a wildfire. What a powerful thought. May God bless you in this new year. But I'm praying desperately that you move towards him. You make a move. You make a move, and he's waiting. He's waiting for you to move, and he'll instantly come running. I, I, I dare you to try. I dare you to find yourself in a place of submission to Christ. Surrender to him wholeheartedly, completely, and watch what he can do in your life this year. Amen. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for continually walking with us, being friends with us. Man, we've got great friends. We've got great neighbors. We've got great... uh, I can't even begin to fathom life without who we have in our life right now. It would not be fun. We had things happen over the weekend that, man, I, I had three neighbors just showed up with equipment and labor, and, and, and we fixed a problem in my yard, and, and, and amazing, amazing that they just run to help. But that's exactly how God is. All we have to do is cry out to him, and he comes running to us. We've got to make the first move. But when we do, he'll answer our cry. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying over you this year that this will be a year of abundance, that this will be a year of outpouring, that this will be a year that changes you forever, that you have an encounter with God that you will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.